Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. All right, John. Well, you know it's back. What's that? Live sports on TV. That's good. What What are you watching? The well, I, some crazy. I'm not watching anything, but I think you we, just, yeah, as you just mentioned, we've seen clips base, of it. Baseball is back. I think ESPN is actually covering South Korean professional that, baseball. No fans, by the way. No fans. That's just, right. But, but at least it's something that's live. Hey, it's a it's a taste of things to come. It's a start because we do have the PGA starting back up in June. In June, yeah, thankfully, and yeah. we got you know there's going to be some other things too. So hey, there's light at the end of the tunnel. And speaking of which, we're going to be talking about lighting the tunnel because you know we have an economic restart here. We're going to talk about the COVID economy restart, starting from zero. <laughs> um, we're starting from zero, but you know we got a lot of states now opening up, and we're going to talk about that. I'm going to give you the latest on that. I did some research tell you exactly how many states are are raring to go that are getting into phase one restart and we're talking about what that means for the economy and you know potentially for the stock market going forward there's a lot to talk about here yeah and then we're going to shift into something that's um kind of fun to think about travel deals steve it this is, is yeah i know you like to travel there's nothing about golf in here but i'm sure you can find some good golf packages but question is is it worth the risk i mean obviously airlines are going to have to change their policies and procedures like they did after 9-11 Right, and uh, they're 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 going to be deals out there for a while. So um, I think so. And you know, something that caught my eye on the website was there is no change. They have like the the free free changes. Yeah, now, that's you know? so key. You got to have that. That's a key. Yeah, I mean, so if you can book something and save, you know, thirty forty percent maybe on the booking. Yeah, anyway, we're going to talk about that. It's, that's a cool. That's a cool topic. I see you're excited about excited that. Excited about that. Yeah, no kidding. It puts my mind in a place that I haven't been in a long time. That's yeah. Yeah. somewhere else. <laughs> so, by the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Investor Pro with over 25 years of experience providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis, a Dave Ramsey Certified Counselor. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 27 years. We're excited to have you listening to us today on our weekly show our podcast are up every Friday afternoon. Yeah, check out our website, moneymd.net. We have a link to all the podcasts out there. Boy, this is uh, like the second month in a row we've, we're covering COVID-19. We're talking it's more about of, COVID. You know, it's the it's, it's the thing out there that is. you got to talk about. It there's is. so much changing. Every week, there's a lot that's changed. Something new, right? And we're going to cover that. Yeah, so you got to. But yeah. it's all out there. we got it all on our website. That's right. And a lot uh, of other tools as well. And uh, Facebook page, um, MoneyMD out there as well. Absolutely. And you can link to us and, and send us a note if you have questions. We'd love to, to hear from you, and we'll cover those on the air. And uh so that's all good. And we're going to start off here with the financial fact of the week. Yeah, Steve, I mean, it's it's really interesting. I've had this conversation with quite a few clients. And, um, you know, April, if you look at the news media and the streams, was negative. I mean, there was really no positive, you know, information out there. Um, it was just True. kind of the beginning of things. Um, you know, March obviously started the uh, stay at home. But the, the number of cases and the number of deaths really ramped up in, in April. And um, they had the stimulus packages, which was positive. But they were doing that because the unemployment rates were, were off the charts. And uh, right. even despite that, I mean, the S&P 500 gained almost 13% for the month. Now, 
It makes yeah. no sense, right? All this negative news, but the the markets were positive. Yeah, and I can tell you what it you know what it does show. I mean, it was one of the biggest gains, right, in like almost ten years, right, since October of two thousand eleven. It was the best okay. month since nineteen eighty seven. I'm sorry, yeah. best month since nineteen eighty seven. Yes, you're right. Um, first double digit gain since October of yep. two thousand eleven, and so you know that followed the worst month um, since in over thirty years yeah. as mm-hmm. well. So it just kind of shows you that the worst months followed by the best month, hopefully the fastest drop to bear market in history, which we just had (laughs) 20 days, went from new highs to bear market. Hopefully that will be followed by the fastest full recovery ever. That's my hope. It's a hope, you know, no guarantees of that. But but hey, I mean, this is an indication it can happen. We can have a fast recovery just like we had this terrific month here you know best in 30 years as well um so interesting fact of the week it it also kind of points we talk about this but don't make decisions based on headlines i mean we see headlines coming out that are negative that are negative and then the markets go positive you just can't it's just not a way to to manage investments you got to stay invested do some rebalancing and really turn off the news yeah, and, and markets don't react to today's news as much as they react to what the, the expectations Looking are for into the future. Looking into the future, right. You know, so these unemployment reports that are coming out, they're pretty much meaningless as far as they're stock expected. market is concerned. Yeah. They're, they're already baked in. They're yeah, already yeah. in the in the market. You know, they knew they are going to be horrible. Plus, they're kind of meaningless because it's like artificial, you know, make people go home kind of numbers, mm-hmm. you know. <clears throat> and so – it's uh, interesting, but still, you know, it just shows what the stock market is looking at something totally different, mm-hmm. unpredictable out there. Um, but speaking of which, John, you know, we're going to talk, talk about the COVID economy restart because there is a lot happening in the markets and the economy as we move here well into May. Um, you know, you get the feeling that America is on the verge of hitting the all restart button. <laughs> yeah. Um I mean, get this, even New York is looking like they're going to hit the phase one restart on May 15th, despite all the whining about Georgia getting the jump on everybody, you know, and uh, but it looks like Governor Como is, uh, uh, you know, he's only a few weeks behind behind Georgia, you know, with New York after all of that talk, you know. And so as of tomorrow, we will have just over half the states entering uh, some type of phase one reopening. Yes, I went through the numbers. I went through every state, you know, last night and, and looked at their uh, their status and because uh, I couldn't find it out there on the Internet. Mm-hmm. Anybody had really had tallied it. And uh, sure enough, there's like 26 states as of, uh, you know, May 8th will be in some type of reopening. And there's a lot of other states that are going to be entering that status on May 15th, as I just alluded to, New York and that whole consortium of like seven or eight states in the Northeast are going to hit the phase one um, on that day as well. So, you know, that's good news because obviously, you know, it's starting to give the investors out there some optimism and and encouraging them to move back into the stock market. And of course, um, there's a lot of controversy about uh, opening up the economy. And there was a a New York Times article uh, this week, which talked about some of the studies uh, showing how many deaths it would cost to reopen and uh, how the cases would likely spike again. And and naturally, there's a risk that we could see a spike in cases again. But there's also a risk of staying closed with all the financial lives that are being destroyed as businesses close for good. 
And we've seen some statistics. I did a little bit of research and, you know, the number of lives, you know, saved by the lack of driving in car accidents during the pandemic, um, you know, has, uh, you know, exceeded um, what we've seen from COVID-19. Now, this is worldwide and and it, who knows if the stats I was looking at were exactly right, but right. it just goes to show there's you know, there's there's been a lot of um, unusual events happening. And and uh, having said that, there's obviously room for controversy and disagreement on these issues. But hopefully, reopening proves to not cause additional cases and spikes and so forth. Time will tell on that. I think people are certainly. Um, better prepared now than they were two months ago from an equipment standpoint. Right. right? The hospitals right. are in better shapes and a lot more testing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Maybe we're testing like a quarter of a million people every single day now. So, you yeah, know, that's, that's got that's gotta make a difference here in the US. And I think there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about it too, not causing this big adverse um, you know, reinfection uh, uh situation. Here in the U.S., because when you look at what didn't happen, for instance, in Sweden, you know, they never shut down. And you have to wonder if staying at home really accomplished much because Sweden's infection rate is actually lower than the U.S. um, and never hit the levels in the U.S., even though they had substantial infections. um, You know, they 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 followed a very similar path to ours in terms of rising rates over a few weeks and then it leveling off and then even declining, despite never having shut down any of their businesses. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, if reopening our economy changes the infection rate here in the U.S. or if we continue on a similar path to a slow decrease. We certainly are hoping that that's the case. Um, but the good news is the stock market has really not suffered any relapse <clears throat> since the nice recovery saw at the end of April. Um, <clears throat> you know, markets recovered anywhere from Eight to fifteen percent in April across asset classes, despite the dismal economic reports on unemployment and uh, a four point eight percent decline in GDP growth in the first quarter. Um, you know, we now have well over thirty million people out of work. Mm. Yet investors are looking beyond the current numbers, and they're taking their cue from you know where we might be at the end of the year. Um, and while markets still need to gain a lot to recover their high water mark. It's really been remarkable to see how fast it has recovered a large portion of the drop, even while we're in the middle of this dire economy. Yeah, and it's tempting to to look at the current state of the economy and think it's going to take several years before your investments recover to new highs um, that we saw back in February. And there's no doubt that we, we're seeing, you know, very poor economic numbers as a result of the the shutdown, which is, you know, severely hurt earnings, among other things. And, um, but you, you know, you got to keep in mind that the market, um, that when the market declines, there are reasons behind that drop um, that do matter. And if, and it depends on how fast the economy and the investor confidence recovers. And in this case, the reason is a short term shutdown, um, along with the pandemic, which has undermined the economy and the investor uh, confidence. So we, we obviously don't know when the markets are going to turn around. That's actually the, the question of the week. But, um, you know, I mean, it, as quickly as it went down, you can reopen and get things, you know, churning again. Um, but who knows? Yeah, that's right. I mean, a market recovery is highly dependent on improving investor confidence and the outlook for the economy because stocks are a leading economic indicator you know, they typically precede the economy by three to six months. So they're looking three to six months out. And so while GDP growth is expected to be terrible this second quarter of the year, probably the worst we've seen since the Depression, <laughs> you know, it's 
it's projected to improve to positive growth by the first quarter of next year. And so if the stock market does lead the economy by a few months, um, then we could see, you know, a full recovery by the end of the year, if not earlier. Um, of course, you never know. I mean, <clears throat> you know, I mean, past performance is, is no indicator of future results and markets are very unpredictable. Um, but having said that, I mean, history is certainly on our side for a faster than usual recovery, given the short term nature of the reasons behind this bear market. Yeah, and another thing um, that hasn't happened in the this economic shutdown so far is widespread corporate failures. Uh, a lot of people had speculated uh, that was going to be an issue, and of course it's still early, but it doesn't seem to be developing as some analysts had predicted. Uh, obviously having a great economy leading up to this pandemic um, obviously helped a lot of companies. They were in pretty good financial shape going into it. Um, and this is really the first week we've seen a large retailer, J. Crew, who filed for bankruptcy protection and reorganization. And there's certainly some other retailers out there who've missed some payments, J.C. Penney, Neiman Marcus. And needless to say, uh, there probably will be others. But so far, it doesn't look like it's going to be a widespread failure. And, um, you know, hopefully re- retail gets back up and running, um, you know, during this reopening to avoid any further worsening. So, um, I think it is important to start opening things back up. Otherwise, there could be f- more failures. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, meanwhile, Congress is hashing around, you know, another huge stimulus package. But it appears the House and the Senate are miles apart on what should be included in that. And, I, I you know, if I was a betting person, John, I would say I bet it never happens because, <clears throat> you know, there there's no consensus on this. Um, Democrats are wanting all kinds of support for local governments and big cities that have been hit hard by the pandemic, which, of course, is where their base is. Um, You know, like like as much as a trillion dollar package they want to prevent local government layoffs for police, firefighters and other frontline workers as the local revenue has tanked during this stay stay home shutdown. Um, Pelosi outlined, you know, the governor's request for five hundred billion with um, the counties and cities seeking as much as $300 billion. Um, she said that, you know, that could be spread out over the next several years. Um, on a private conference call just this week with Democrats, um, the, the Speaker Pelosi discussed a paycheck guarantee program for newly jobless people, um, which would certainly be a poison pill for the Republican-controlled Congress. So you can just see how far apart they are. I mean, they have also um, thrown in the idea of another round of additional direct cash payments for families and extending unemployment insurance. Other Democrats have discussed helping homeowners, renters, small landlords make rent and mortgage payments, along with supporting more payments for more virus testing and contact tracing, which is the only part of that that they both agree on, you know. Republicans are insisting that any new aid package has to include liability protection for hospitals, healthcare workers, and businesses that are operating and reopening in this pandemic, long, uh, along with beefed up virus testing and tracing strategies, which they, like I said, is the only thing they, they both agree on. You know, any liability protection is always a non starter for the, the Democrats. Um, you know, and so by reconvening this week, I mean, the Senate Republicans are trying to kind of set the terms of the debate for that. But, you know, they're they're frustrated um, <clears throat> by that Pelosi was able to kind of fill up the earlier bills with Democratic priorities. 
which the Democrats disagree that he didn't really do that. So, I mean, they, again, they don't even agree on what they've already passed. <laughs> you know, they, they can't agree to they disagree. disagree yes. Yeah. I mean, they're reluctant to unleash the federal funds beyond the three trillion that Congress has already approved in in the various, uh, you know, relief bills that have been passed so far. And they're hoping that re- reopening, the Republicans are, will reduce the need for more aid. So it's safe to say that, you know, any new stimulus bill has always, um, <clears throat> well, will not likely happen in the next couple of weeks. Let's just put it that way. I mean, it has a ways to go. You know, it seems the posture taken by the Senate is going to be a wait and see attitude um, with reopening now, <clears throat> you know, and those out of work. Um, already had the four months of unemployment insurance, so they're probably going to want to see that play out. And I, I, I don't see any consensus coming together. Yeah. My bet would be there's not going to be a phase five uh, <laughs> stimulus bill. Yeah, it's amazing they've done four. Quite frankly, it really and, is. Uh, it's good that they've got some of the things out there because it is it is filling the gap for now. And the good news is that the reopening of the economy has made a liftoff. Um, as you mentioned, you know half the states by tomorrow will be. Uh, phase one open, and um, certainly that's going to um, you know increase over the next couple of months and some more activity. And we're, we're probably won't see a spike in cases until at least June if this reopening turns out to facilitate more infections. So it's obvious that the reopening plans will continue, and that means the economy should begin to ramp back up, you know, closer to normal over the summer, and hopefully stem the tide of the new unemployment claims and business failures. And, you know, we've we've never really seen a cold reboot of the economy before. So it's certainly going to be interesting to experience it, see how it uh, it plays out. Um, obviously, it's like riding a bike again after a long break. And um, I think the phased approach is the right approach. I think the testing is the right approach. And, you know, just social distance, I think it's going to become a new norm for a while um, yeah. as people are out and about. For sure. Yeah. I mean, hopefully things will start right back up. You know, we'll see. Um, you know, as you mentioned, I mean, restaurants are already open again here in Georgia and, and uh, with social distancing. But uh, but it's encouraging, you know, that they were able to open back up. But, yeah, with all the stimulus money for individuals and businesses, looks like the economy might avoid the long recession that many people have feared. Um, at the same time, the stock market, you know, had a great uh, start to recovery, you know, from the March 23rd lows. I mean, it's given hope to the proverbial V-shaped recovery that all the economists kind of dream of, you mm-hmm. know. And meanwhile, I mean, we need to be patient. We need to stay diversified, we, knowing that despite the continued volatility, we can certainly expect markets, <clears throat> um, you know, to recover eventually. They always have, and they will eventually move on to new highs, as history has shown um, but we're going to be patient meanwhile, but a lot happening out there. Yeah. And that leads us right into the question of the week of when will the new, when will the new high be Steve? Come oh, on, give us a date. Let me look. I'm, I'm, Wait a minute. Uh, give me a, give me a, um, let me I pull out, let me pull out my calculator. I won't ask you for a day. Give me a quarter. A quarter. You want me to just, just, I mean, this is total gut feel speculation. <clears throat> I think, I think we might reach, we could reach new highs in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Now, that means that it's looking into 2021 is what Absolutely. it means, right? Absolutely. They're, they're looking yeah. into saying, hey, things are going to be back to, quote, yeah. normal. And there's been some a lot of progress on the health care and so forth because we know it looks out six months, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, so if, if we really did the GDP growth, as I mentioned earlier, if the GDP growth is going to go positive in first quarter of 2021, then fourth quarter of 2020 – we might hit you new could. highs in the stock market, but you know, never know. I mean, it could be it could be faster than that because, wow, we've seen an incredible recovery so far. But usually, when you look at these recoveries, 
<clears throat> you kind of have a fast recovery for a little bit, and then you have a very slow recovery, you know, for an extended period. And I think we're we're into that slow part now. But yeah, I, we'll see. And no one knows. I mean, we're, we we don't we really don't try to predict these things because gosh, you go through this this experience, and back in February, no one was predicting this, and no one predicted April, and so. And there could be another leg down. I mean, we yeah. can't deny that. I mean, there could be a, a significant drop back, you know, as if things disappoint, you know, if the some aspect of this recovering reopening disappoints. And I think new infections might be part of that. If somebody had to shut back down, we'd see the market yeah. <clears throat> react negatively. So yeah. unpredictable. Don't try to predict it. Just stick to your plan. <laughs> That's right. That's the moral of the story here. And that leads us up here to uh, our next topic, which yeah. is travel deals are everywhere. Is it worth the risk, yeah, John? comes from uh, Alina Dizik from uh, Money Magazine. And uh, it, it's pretty interesting, Steve. There's, there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of deals to be had. They go through an example here of someone planning to, to a week weekend away for the 40th birthday, and they were going to travel. Um, they've booked it to the end of July to the Dominican Republic, and the, okay. the troop uh, includes airfare and all-inclusive hotel for, for $800. I mean, it's a deal. Wow. Much less, about 25% less than what they were originally pricing and uh, they want to enjoy the pool and the restaurants and so forth and um, but if they're closed they can cancel at any time without any penalties and that's going to be a key that is going to be a key that's that's pretty good yeah i mean for travel you know lovers with cabin fever i mean booking deals in the middle of this pandemic is more tempting ever when you start looking at what the deals are because i mean with social easing distancing easing in in some states these luxury resorts are sitting empty and stimulus money is coming through, so the thrill of a post-COVID trip is kind of an instant mind post, mood booster. Post, I would say mid-COVID Mid trip, po- right? <laughs> well, you take the trip afterwards, yeah. hoping that it'll be I over by then, yeah. right? Yeah. For others, though, experiencing the in and outs of traveling and chasing a great deal is also kind of part of the fun. But the question is, should you, you know, and the the question is, do you mind the risk? Do you mind the hassle? There's going to be some extra hassle. There's Mm going to be a lot of extra risk here, right? Yeah, and it depends. I mean, there's certainly uh, super cheap deals out there, travel agent down in Florida said, but um, she said the desire to travel is still there. And and there are some people that are ready to travel right now. And so experts say it's important. You got to consider the new refund policies, the risk of traveling, you're going international, a lot of places still aren't open to, to travel, but how far in advance you'll need to to travel and whether or not you'll need to fly um, before you know getting back out on the road. So you've, you've got to look at a couple of different policies associated with it. Yeah, that's right. And you want to wade through the deals and the cancellation policies as well, because that's going to be really important um, <clears throat> is, you know, will they let you get out of it if something changes? Right now, the cheapest deals are the biggest gamble. So individuals, you know, they have to assess their own risk tolerance. And domestic fares such as to Hawaii, for instance, you know, they're I just looked at those this morning. They're like forty percent off, John. I mean mm. they're, they're a pretty good deal out there. Um but they can so they can present some of the best bargains, but even international fares can have rock bottom prices. Um, <clears throat> right now when you're booking in the future, they are going to let you book in the future. The question is, will they fly those? Will they be full enough to fly them? Will they consolidate and move you around? Um, you know, they're, they're right now, um, you know, a lot of people are looking ahead to the holiday season. But, I mean, the great thing is I did see when I looked at it this morning, 
there are no change fees for most of these. Yeah, right. So if you want some great flexibility and you know you're going to travel eventually, you know, you could lock in one of these prices and then you can change later. But <clears throat> but I read somewhere else that, you know, those changes are probably just going to be like a, a voucher. Yeah. And so one of the travel agents said to mitigate travel risk, he's, he's telling his clients to book two or three hotels at different destinations okay. and then just waiting on uh, purchasing the airline tickets to get closer to the travel date. So, you know, rather than going with the cheapest offers, he recommends choosing travel with the most liberal cancellation policies. Um, the real deals are going to, going to be in the, the flexible cancellation. So, man, you can have, you know, three different hotels and three different Cities, countries, and then cancel yep. to um at the last minute and get your hotel or get your uh, airline ticket to it. So yeah, that's right. You know, now I don't know about booking two or three different airline tickets because no, I think it's just the hotels. The hotels, yeah. yeah, the hotels, sure, yeah. I mean, the airline tickets they pose some of the biggest financial risks for travelers because um, even some airlines that are mandated to give refunds or can't for canceled flights, they don't have the cash on hand to do it, and they're given vouchers instead according to this director, um, for AirHelp, which is a, a passenger rights company. You know, so with only a tiny fraction of flights in the air, many of them are being canceled by the airlines, yet customers aren't necessarily getting their refunds that they're entitled to. You know, even if they're legally ob obliged to get it, um, they just don't do it, you know, he says, because they're they're booked through third-party sites, you know, and if you're doing that, that's getting it's, refunds it's hard, even yeah. harder. So you have to be careful there, and I think you have to recognize you may just get credit for a future travel. Yeah. And, you know, are you going to be able to use it? If they go through bankruptcy, will they honor it? Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. And some people are considering different kind of destinations. Steve, I think you and Kathy, um, you know, I'm sure Kathy would really be excited about taking an RV Cross country, um, see, they're seeing an uptick in bookings, man. This may be your man, opportunity to, to. I know you would, but with Kathy, park, park right beside a, a big golf resort. Yeah, yeah. Maybe so yeah, you could map them out across the country. So, Good. Um, you know, there's another person that says they they they're going to swap their bucket list travel this year. Um, they were going to go to Uganda to see gorillas, um, and um, so next year they're gonna they're gonna probably focus this year on domestic trips, and then next year they're going to look at going. Um, to, to different places. So once you're close to booking, considering talking to the hotel or rental property owner directly, um, and again, booking through third-party sites, it can make it difficult to get a, uh, a refund. So you got to be careful with that. Yeah. Wow. I think I'll skip the Uganda trip for to see gorillas. Yeah. <laughs> so and, and no RV? That's, that's not on my bucket list, John. <laughs> I mean, RV list? RV, I could be, you know, I could, I could get into a nice RV, but uh, it'd have to be pretty nice, you know. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, in some instances, the hotel, hotel strat staff is really trained to answer questions, you know, about, you know, all the different cancellation policies. So they're really training people to answer all these, uh, post pandemic type questions, you know, about disinfections, social distancing protocol, the, you know, there's a whole bunch of things that they're, that they're kind of trying to answer now that lower your anxiety level. Mm -hmm. That's the key that they're focusing on nowadays when you call in. Yeah, and you could, if you do travel, you could get to the hotel and pools and spas are closed. Some restaurants may even not be operating. So consumers are, are certainly going to have to adjust to um, <clears throat> kind of a different look for 2019. And, you know, for those willing to book, I mean, if you, you look at some of the large hotel chains, Hilton, Marriott, Hyatt, 
they've all rolled out new cancellation policies on the refunds, and uh, they give you 24-hour cancellation, easy rebooking, no need to pay up front. Uh, United Airlines just announced free cancellation and 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 fee change policies through the end of 2020. So, nice. you know, the bottom line is, is, you know, look around. Um, not, not a bad idea to do that. You can, I would certainly rethink um, maybe international travel right now, or if you don't have those cancellation policies, it's going to be a gamble. Um, but, you know, it's, it's maybe kind of fun to go out there and, and dream a little bit now and, and uh, start looking forward to, uh, to some trips. Yeah, if they'll give you a free cancellation, you know, I know I'm going to travel eventually, so yeah, yeah. if they'll let me carry it forward, that, that's, you know, that's tempting. It's yeah. tempting. It's fun to think about it, even if you don't fun. do it, right? Because right now we all got cabin yeah. fever, and we yeah. just we just want to think about something fun. We're, we're excited about South Korean baseball. I mean, there you, you know. go. That's when you know we're getting desperate here, no doubt. All right, good topic. That leads us up to our final thing here, and that is the prescription of the week. Yeah, check with your auto insurance carrier um, about a refund for the stay-at-home period. I know there are some companies out there that are automatically um, sending money back to to people because they're not driving, right? I mean, yeah, not having accidents and not having the claims and so forth. And so there are some companies that have stepped up and pushing some money back. If yours has not, or you haven't, you don't know, call them up and ask them. I, yeah, I looked up some details on this, John. It's pretty interesting. You know, because 82% of of um, insurance carriers are automatically crediting you for less driving mm. in uh, in March and April. The average is about 15 to 25% reduction for those two months of March and April. There are some companies that are giving you a flat $50 refund. So you got to look yours up. Yep. Look up, find yep. out what you're going to get. If you're getting nothing, if you're one of those unlucky 18% companies, yeah, you ought to call, call them because I mean, you know, there's going to be a lot of pressure for them to give you something. Yeah, I'd ask for fifty bucks. I think it's a fifty bucks is fifty yeah, bucks. That's right, man. That's it's a dinner. It. Absolutely, it's worth the phone call. <laughs> Get on that. Yeah, that's a good good prescription of the week. All right, that brings us to a close for this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next week on Money MD to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us out on our website moneymd.net. Send us your questions or call us. You can reach us at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Have a good one. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor. 